Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Romans chapter 11. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that we would get some glimpse of your amazing plans. You are great. Your plans are so far above us. We're just thankful that you have allowed us in to your great plan. Amen. Romans chapter 11. Therefore, I say, God has not rejected his people, has he? May it never be. For I also am an Israelite from the descendants of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know in the passage about Elijah what the scripture says, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they are seeking my life. But what does the divine response say to him? I have left for myself 7,000 people who have not bent the knee to Baal. So, in this way, at the present time, there is a remnant selected by grace. But if by grace, it is no longer by works, for otherwise grace would no longer be grace. What then? What Israel was searching for, this it did not obtain. But the elect obtained it, and the rest were hardened, just as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear until this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, and a cause for stumbling and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see, and cause their backs to bend continually. I say then, they did not stumble so that they fell, did they? May it never be. But by their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles in order to provoke them to jealousy. And if their trespass means riches for the world, and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fullness mean? Now, I am speaking to you Gentiles. Therefore, inasmuch as I am apostle to the Gentiles, I promote my ministry, if somehow I may provoke my people to jealousy and save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean except life from the dead? Now, if the first fruits are holy, so also is the whole batch of dough. And if the root is holy, so also are the branches. Now, if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although you were a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them and became a sharer of the root of the olive tree's riches, do not boast against the branches. But if you boast against them, you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off in order that I could be grafted in. Well said, they were broken off because of unbelief. But you stand firm because of faith. Do not think arrogant thoughts, but be afraid. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. See then the kindness and severity of God. Severity upon those who have fallen, but upon you the kindness of God, if you continue in his kindness, for otherwise you also will be cut off. And those also, if they do not persist in unbelief, will be grafted in, because God is able to graft them in again. For if you are cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree, and contrary to nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree. For I do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own sight. 
that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And so, all Israel will be saved, just as it is written. The Deliverer will come out of Zion. He will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And this is the covenant from me with them when I take away their sins. With respect to the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But with respect to election, they are dearly loved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you formerly were disobedient to God, but now have been shown mercy because of the disobedience of these, so also these have now been disobedient for your mercy, in order that they also may now be shown mercy. For God confined them all in disobedience, in order that he could have mercy on them all. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments, and how incomprehensible are his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given in advance to him, and it will be paid back to him? For from him, and through him, and to him are all things. To him be glory for eternity. Amen. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. After telling us in the past chapters how the Jews are lost because they are trying to reach righteousness by their own works instead of faith, in this chapter, Paul asks the obvious question. God has not rejected his people, has he? May it never be. First, Paul says that some of the Jews do believe, himself included. He mentions the story of Elijah, where Elijah thought he was the only faithful Jew in his day, and God told him there were 7,000 faithful in the land. So, Paul explains, this isn't unexpected. This is great news for the Gentiles. The stumbling of the majority of the Jews is an opportunity for the Gentiles to become connected to God's people. Paul is preaching to the Gentiles to make the Jews jealous, so that they will also turn to Jesus. Paul gives the example of grafting branches into a tree. We, who are not Jewish by descent, get to be grafted into the Jewish tree of God. But Paul says, don't get arrogant about that, because if God was willing to remove natural branches because of their unbelief, he will certainly remove us if we stop believing. So, we should be humble and thankful that God has allowed us into his plan. Paul makes clear that the way for the rest of the Jews to also receive salvation is through faith, believing in Jesus. Paul tells us that there is something to look forward to for the Jews yet to come. He says that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. So only a small number of the Jews are currently being saved, but Paul is looking forward to a much greater number of the Jews being saved. Verse 30, For just as you formerly were disobedient to God, but now have been shown mercy because of the disobedience of these, so also these, having now been disobedient for your mercy, in order that they also may now be shown mercy. Paul ends this chapter, and really the whole first part of the book, but praising God for his amazing ways. The point is that this is all planned and worked out by God. This is not left to chance. And now for a deeper dive. What is the future of Israel? That has been a question that I don't think we can fully answer. Some have argued that in this chapter when Paul says, so all Israel will be saved, that he means spiritual Israel, and that there is no more special consideration given to the descendants of Jacob. Basically, they say that there was an age when God worked through a physical nation, and that age is over. 
but reading this chapter, it seems clear that there's still something yet to come. There are others who think that we should support the Jewish people being a nation in the Middle East to further God's plans. I don't think God needs our help to accomplish his plans, and I don't think that the government in Israel is following God at this time. I think God makes it clear that our purpose is to announce the good news about Jesus to anyone who will listen, Jew or Gentile. And we should appreciate what God has allowed us into, not by our greatness, but by his grace. And we can be amazed at what God does in the future. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.